Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode 79 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. And Cheryl, you're going to have to stop that episode 79 it makes me feel older every time you say one no it should be a celebration look at how many shows we have in the can as they say i i love it i think it's exciting well i hope that we can do another whole bunch more yeah but that's what uh, i'm saying 79 well i guess that's quite an accomplishment you know i'm dan by the way hey dan Welcome to the show. Thank you. I may have said it at the start. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so anyway, we have a, a we have a good show today. Its um, theme is healthy, happy, and gun wise. And I'm not sure I follow that theme because she just gave me a piece of apple pie to eat, and uh, probably <laughs> wouldn't be under the healthy category. But so, what do you mean by that? Well, all right, healthy, happy, and gun wise. I recently wrote a blog about how and why to incorporate firearms training into a health routine. The shooting sports help promote balance, coordination. It engages our core muscles. The shooting sports also promote promote increased flexibility, mental focus, and stress management through the release of endorphins because it's an enjoyable activity. You know, there are levels of trackable improvement, and it's just great for lifting our moods. One of our guests today is a doctor, speaking of healthy and all of that, right? He's a surgeon, specifically a children's orthopedic surgeon who would prescribe guns to all hospitals and medical centers to keep them their staff, and their patients healthy and happy. You see, most hospitals are those so-called gun-free zones, and those mythical gun-free zones have too often proven to be the opposite when bad guys enter the picture. So while target practice, hunting, and clay shooting are wonderful ways to be fit and healthy, also the elements of being prepared... Being trained and being able to stop a threat is indeed a great way or great ways to be healthy, happy, and gun wise. Dan? So you're saying that if we shoot, we'll be, we'll be less stressful? Well, in a lot of ways, yes. I mean, the blog I wrote, of course, you can find that on gunfreedomradio.com and click the blog tab. It, it, it describes all of the, you know, the benefits of being out in the fresh air and and you know when you're when you're becoming more accurate at hitting the bullseye and all of that that there are these you know stress management and and endorphin releases and that sort of thing but um i just wanted to kind of make the comparison that you know you also stay healthier if you're saving your own life from a bad guy yeah that's <laughs> so, true but you know what Cheryl? so i don't know if that came through or not but that's kind of where i was i was going anyway. do you think you could take uber i'm going to go shooting right now <laughs> Got you all in the mood, huh? Yes, I I do want to go. I haven't gone in a while. True. I almost forgot how to do that. I don't know about that, but so tell us who's on the show. We got a great show today. We've got John Eden. He's from the doctor. Wait, what? John, John Eden. I'm, I'm like, sorry, and I know this. I know, I know him. He is a personal friend. He's listening right now. You and, know, uh, I I can't read and talk <laughs> at the same time. All right, go. John Adine. We have John Adine. He's from Doctors of Responsible Gun Ownership and poses a possibility that terrorists and other bad guys may set, see the gun-free hospital zones as an inviting target. And I so much agree with him on that. We were in uh, Washington, D.C. at the hospital there, and I just it just looked like a accident waiting to happen. 
Hmm. We have Christy Titus, who serves as host of NRA Women's TV Tips and Tactics. She's a co-host of the Rocky Mount Elk Foundation Team Elk Television Show, and she is launching a new digital television series called Pursue the Wild this year. Our second hour, we have Taylor McNeil. She's an international Olympic trap shooter and four-time Arizona State Olympic trap champion. She has won 14 gold and four bronze medals and has been recognized by her own AZ, Arizona Governor, John, uh, Doug Ducey. Uh, that's great. So. Yeah, she's like <clears throat> 21 maybe, maybe 22. Yeah. And we also have Gabby Franco. She's an Olympian, firearms <laughs> instructor, author, and NRA commentator, and who has been shooting competitively for over 18 years. Gabby is the author of the popular shooting manual, Troubleshooting, Mastering Your Pistol Marksmanship. As a fire, fire excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I'm going to let you go with this, Cheryl. <laughs> You're I, coughing, coughing a little yes. bit today. As a firearms instructor, Gabby has taught men and women all over the country, including law enforcement and military personnel. Gabby's style of teaching combines the fundamentals and the mental aspect of precision shooting with a twist of speed. So she's here to talk to us about the mental dynamics of target shooting. Well, uh, we also have Raylene Keller, president and current treasurer for Kansas Governor's Ringneck Classic Pheasant Hunt, a nonprofit grassroots organization that hosts approximately 80 hunters, and all the proceeds go to land conversation and wildlife habitat efforts. I would love to go do ringneck classic pheasant shooting. You know, we've got a friend right here in Arizona that wants you to drive a half an hour to Lake Pleasant and go fishing with him. And you, you keep telling him no because you don't have time. I would love for you to go to Kansas. I will pack your bag if you will go to Kansas and go shooting and take a little time off. Time off. What is that, right? I, I really could, don't It's know. worth a Google. Hopefully when I retire, <laughs> right? No, I think that this sounds like, and then you look at the pictures on their website, and it, it's just beautiful. And, you know, I don't know that people really, really understand that hunting brings in the dollars that help with con- conservation of the exact wildlife that they're hunting. I mean, it's it's really like a picture of the circle of life and and I think people on the outside of, of the whole idea of hunting, all they see is, you know, oh, you're killing Bambi or you're, you, you know. You know, they're just not educated. That's the whole pro- pro- problem with this, that, that people just don't understand. And a lot of them won't take the time to even listen. You know, that's true. And then they'll take that level of not knowing, not understanding. I I always... The proper word is ignorance, but it has such a negative connotation that I try not to to use it without really qualifying it. But, you know, if you're unaware of things, then you're ignorant of things. And so they take that level of ignorance to the voting booths, right? Right. When they answer polls and when they elect people. And uh, it's, it's so unfortunate. And I'm not throwing stones, okay? Because, you know, I have not been as as aware of the political process and the the issues involved uh as much as we are now right that that we have to stay in tune with things for our business the gun shop and for the radio show right. uh i'm sure i have voted on you know let's say education bills or things like that that i know just a little bit about but not a lot about i know i have voted on things that i should have done more research right, on so, you so go i'm to, not throwing stones right so you go to a friend that maybe is a teacher or runs a charter school or something like that and you get advice from them and how do you know that advice is good advice the problem is that we have people like maybe a guy sitting in, in his easy chair in california watching tv mm-hmm. never went hunting in his life mm-hmm. why should he take the effort to try to understand something that doesn't affect him. Mm-hmm. You know what? It does affect him, though. Every, every decision, everything affects all of us, even though we may not be involved in that. And that's part of the problem. But then who do you go to? How is, is your source reliable or not? That's the other problem, is that when you ask somebody, hey, I'm going to vote on this bill. Are you going to vote on it? Yeah, and here's why. Is he really knowledgeable? So it should take the time. I mean, well, and you even go to the Google machine, you know, like we say, it's <clears> worth a Google. And 
how do you know that the websites that you're getting your information from, or now even the news sites that we're getting information from, are not purposely slanted based on somebody's bias, whoever created the website or wrote the news story? And it is really hard. I think you just have to try to seek out, purposely seek out somebody that's pro, right? Somebody that's absolutely against whatever the thing is. And and then a few in the middle because there's some that are going to act like they're one thing and they're really another. And so definitely seek out one that you know is propaganda on the yay, this is great side. And somebody that you know is propaganda, boo, hiss, this is terrible, on the other side. And then, and then start looking at, at some of the, the similarities in between. Maybe that's, maybe that's a way. Well, you brought up something that's kind of changing the subject a little bit. You brought up news. Mm-hmm. Made me think about fake news. Mm-hmm. And then it made me think about listening to the radio all this week. Mm-hmm. I listen to FM radio mm-hmm. on my way to work and the little bit of brief time that I have, I do listen. Everybody is going after Trump. Most of the news stations in Arizona are going after him. And I want to tell you this. I'm really proud of his speech that he did, what was it, last Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I am really proud of that. I thought he did a very good job, and I think he's doing a great job. I think it was Tuesday, whatever day that was, right. yeah, his, <clears throat> when he addressed Congress. Right. I thought he did a great job. I thought the, the uh, just the... The widow that he pointed out. Right. Right. Um, just that was a beautiful, a beautiful thing for the country to be able to to witness. And, and her, so brave of her to just be able to allow herself to just be open in that way with the rest of us and let us share in her grief. Um, and that just reverberates through different areas of everyone's lives. Sure. Trump took time out of his mm-hmm. to recognize her mm-hmm. and the sacrifices that that family made to make America free. And it represents so many other families it over does. generation after generation, past and present and to come. And so, uh, and then to hear people were saying mean and nasty things about um, the gesture right. and, and the widow herself. And her public demeanor as she's weeping openly, and I think was very, I think that was very brave. I don't know that I could have allowed myself to, to do that. And so that, that was rough. And I, I hope we don't give them any more of our thoughts, any more of our time. And, you know, because the haters are going to hate is what they say, right? Right. Well, <laughs> what I look at that is that And moment, the critic doesn't count. I look at that mm-hmm. moment as a moment for anyone who has lost a loved one in the service or mm-hmm. anyone who has served in the armed forces, that moment was for them. I agree. All right. We have to be moving along because we've got a couple of ads coming up. And speaking of ads, we are actually on the hunt. We are looking for a few good men and women who have companies that they want to grow their brand, give their brand a, a larger footprint uh, and, and level of visibility we want to help with that. We want to partner with you. We'd love to hear your ideas about, you know, what ads and sponsorships you would like to uh, partake in in conjunction with Gun Freedom Radio. Please reach out to our ad sales rep. His name is Rob Lamb. You can reach him at rob at gunfreedomradio.com and, and just kind of create your own, create your own packet. We kind of like that. Also, be sure and get on our other email list for our monthly newsletter. That's at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. And when we come back from these messages, we have the Dr. John Adine. He is with the DRGO.us. That's the Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. Right after this. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. 
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is healthy, happy, and gun-wise, and our first guest is Dr. John Adeen. Dr. Adeen is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon in San Antonio, Texas, and is active in seeking the right to carry for qualified hospital staff because there is a very real threat that terrorists and other bad guys may see the gun-free hospital zones as inviting targets. And he's just a darn nice guy and a friend of ours. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Dan. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. And, John, I apologize. I said your name wrong. I know you and I know your name, but when I'm reading something, my my brain just goes crazy. But how are you doing? Uh, you wouldn't be the first and you won't be the last, so don't worry about it. I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. Well, you know, you came to my mind recently, John, because I remember a couple of weeks ago, in in Houston, Texas, I believe it was, there was this supposed active shooter event inside of a medical center there. So thankfully, it turned out to be nothing. But for a few hours, the incident was being taken very seriously. SWAT was on the scene, and the hospital had even begun evacuating patients. And in my mind, that tells me that the authorities, the powers that be, they believed that it's a possible scenario, Right. They believed that, you know, a bad guy, the headline's going to be bad guy attacks unarmed people in local area hospital. And the SWAT team probably even trained specifically for that scenario. So why does it seem so far-fetched and crazy when people like you and I say we should allow hospital staff, whether they're administrators, whether they're doctors, whatever they are, to exercise their Second Amendment rights on either side of that magic wall, outside the hospital or in? Why do we sound like crazies? Well, first of all, you know, incidents like what you described, they're not that unusual. We actually had one last month in our hospital. Um, Turned out, you know, they sent out all the alerts and, you know, the hospital was closed down and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was for a teenager in the emergency room that went a little bonkers. He was a psychiatric patient. Mm. But, you know, it's like, you know, oh, active shooter, blah, 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 blah. And so as soon as there's anything that goes on unusual, they, they press the active shooter alarm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so now we're starting to get <clears throat> the cry wolf scenario. Oh, no. Okay. Now, in answer to your question, I'll tell you why that, that it doesn't happen. Because it's the corporate uh, mentality at hospitals. Most of them are owned by large uh, multi-state uh, corporations. Uh, the hospital that I work at, the headquarters is in Tennessee. I live in Texas. Okay, All the administrators have to go through Tennessee in order to get any policy changes. And the attorneys are telling them, don't worry, you have the gun-free zone signs up, and you're covered. Well, you and I both know that that's inadequate security and safety. If there were an active shooter in a hospital, and the hospital that I work in is 10 stories high and covers an entire city block, Mm. okay? And we know from Ron Borsch's work with his rapid mass murder and stop watch of death, we know that 
most of these things are over in six minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and police aren't even notified often for six minutes. So the bad guy has all this time, no opposition, and he basically can do what he wants. Now, in your mind and my mind, it would it makes sense to have people on the scene yes. be able to interdict. Yes. And we know that looking at prior shootings, that if there's somebody on the scene, the 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 death rate is maybe two or three. If you have to wait for the police to show up, it's like twelve to fifteen people. Mm. So no. I've been at yeah, and I've been advocating, you know, having trained personnel, just kind of like the FASTER program in Ohio, where they teach, you know, teachers and administrators in, in schools, you know, firearms, first aid, all this kind of stuff, and have them in place, and nobody knows who they are. That is very effective. There is a study out of Purdue University where they looked at schools with, um, you know, school resource officers, uh, teachers uh, alone, better armed, and the combination of the two. And we found that the teachers alone and the combination was much higher than having uniformed officers because the teachers are not easily identifiable. Exactly. When you, yeah, when you look in a hospital, you see guys wearing blue shirts or white shirts carrying, in most cases, tasers. Right. Okay. They don't even, they're not even armed. Very rarely do you have actually armed security in hospitals because it costs more. Mm-hmm. In order to have a guy carrying a gun, that guy gets a lot more money than the, the guy who gets paid $12 an hour to walk around with, with a taser. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of money, and it's a matter of the, the corporate uh, mentality. Mm. So, John, what are your most of your associates that you work with, are they on the same page you are on this? Uh, I think there's a fair number of them that are. You know, now, you know, I'm in Texas, okay? So Texas has its own... <laughs> mindset yes. kind of like Arizona you know yes. we we are independent we we want to you know take care of ourselves um and it, you know it's it's kind of the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. well you know we don't want to uh to uh take our security and give it to somebody else when we can do it just as well by ourselves right. and so you know a lot of us take it upon ourselves to train and to be proficient in firearms use but we're disarmed and that's Frankly, why I'm talking to you today, because this is the problem that I I noted in 2013 when I said, hey, you know what? I've been carrying my gun. I can't go into my hospital. What's the deal here? And I tried to talk to the hospital administration and, you know, talk to my colleagues. And, you know, a lot of my colleagues are in agreement. There are some that aren't. But, you know, I mean, you're going to get that everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I even went around and brought a petition around to the, the hospital employees. And I had uh, like over 500 signatures in a matter of a couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, the hospital administration got the word that I was circulating the petition and, you know, put the kibosh on it. Mm. it was, oh, it violates, you know, our uh, anti-solicitation policy. <laughs> so, you know, they don't, want, they don't want to recognize the fact that gun-free zones attract, you know, serial murderers, they, or, you know, the, the, the uh, spree shooters, and, and then, you know, we can talk about the terrorist threat. I mean, you know, I wrote an article in, in uh, Concealed Carry magazine that came out in July, and it really spells out the threat. You know, there's been you know, over 100 attacks against hospitals since 1981, between 1981 and 1980, uh, 2013, rather. And that was in 47 different countries with over 700 people killed and over 1,200 people wounded. And either the hospital was the primary attack or there was attack elsewhere and it was a secondary center of attack, such as, you know, say we had the uh, you know, Boston Marathon bombing. That's the primary attack. When the casualties arrive at the hospital, somebody with an explosive vest walks into the ER and lights off the vest. That's mm. a secondary attack. So you could imagine what would happen if somebody lights off a, a, a bomb vest in the emergency room and takes out a good chunk of the number of people who are emergency, you know, the emergency room physicians, the nurses, all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden that becomes a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. And now we have, uh, you know, a huge number of casualties 
and people are going to die because they can't get, get care. And if you're in a relatively small place or a medium-sized place, there may not be another trauma center for 30 to 50 miles away. John, and I'll in bet you, city, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll bet you that some of these, like, these other countries' hospitals that were invaded, they probably had armed guards already too, but that wasn't enough. No, often it isn't enough, especially with terrorist attacks, because sometimes there's 50 to 100 guys that are attackers. Right. Mm. You know, the thing is, there there is a point in time when when armed response can beat back, you know, take away the advantage before they get a chance to wire explosives in the windows and the entrances and and put hostages in front of them uh, to uh, you know to act as human shields. This is the kind of stuff that these guys do, and it, it it's it is um, kind of in their playbook. It's it's been done. It happened in 1995 and 1996 in Russia. So we, we have a history of this happening. And so we know that, you know, if we don't take the precautions and, you know, start taking this stuff seriously, and we know that there are guys coming across the border, um, you know, unchecked. Well, John, I was in Washington, D.C., and I took a loved one to the hospital there, and they had one guard at the front door, and we had to go through that guard. And I'll tell you, I was more afraid in the hospital than I was outside the hospital because I could at least run. I could have ran there. I'm trapped. And all I could think about is how I could have, you know, to get out of here. I want to get out of here. Yeah. You know, and the, and the, you know, Homeland security tells you to run, hide, fight. Okay. But in the hospital situation, if you're a patient who just had surgery, you're not running and you're not hiding. Okay, right, right. and you can't fight. So what are you going to do? You know, and 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 a lot of times the families and the and the doctors and nurses that are taking care of these patients aren't going to abandon them. They're not going to leave them to become victimized, and so they become victims themselves. Exactly. And I've had this conversation with my colleagues, and they all say, "Yeah, I'm not leaving my patients." Right. You know, and so fortunately, you know, our I mean, in conversing with our hospital, we've had some security upgrades. Our, our operating room is now secured, so you oh, have to fantastic. press a button, or you have to use, slide a card to get into the into the hospital. But now, the thing is, if a bad guy shoots a, a, a physician and he's got his ID card on, right. all of a sudden right. the door is open. So even though yes, all security measures can be defeated, yes, and it doesn't take much thinking in order to do it, right? But at least okay. it's However, something. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a tiptoe in the direction that, that not we near, need to go. Not nearly as effective as it would be if they had no idea who and what was carrying a gun. Right. There's and nothing it be better if if we had one of those security alerts and two or three people, you know, or at least one person or two people on each ward could position themselves behind cover at the entrance to the ward. And if somebody comes through who's, you know, you know, shooting or at least is armed and is, is acting aggressively, mm-hmm. they can, they can protect all those patients and families and their colleagues. And right. so this is the kind of thing that I've been pressing for. And unfortunately, I think that it's going to require a massacre in a hospital and a multi-million dollar lawsuit in order for the hospital administrators and their attorneys to get their heads out of their nether regions and to realize that this is something serious. And also, I think that it's going to require uh, reform uh, from the legislature to hold the owners of gun-free zones accountable, especially if they don't enact adequate security precautions. Well, you have definitely given a lot of thought to this for a lot of years. And so I know that there's listeners out there that this is the first time they've even thought about this. And then there's others that are just probably nodding their head like it's going to fall off because they're like, yes, yes, finally somebody is getting it. They're saying what I've been thinking. So this is really, really an important conversation that we're having. And we've got to run to break, but you're going to stick around with us for another segment? Absolutely. Awesome. And when we come back, I want to kind of dig into the, speaking about court cases, the Docs versus Glocks case and uh, see what you have to say about that. So stick around. We have much more with Dr. John Adine of Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. 
Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we've been talking with our friend, Dr. John Adine. Now, Dr. Adine is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon in San Antonio, Texas, and he is also with an organization called Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. Go figure. Here we have healers that are supposed to be, you know, healers and teachers are supposed to be completely, um, you know, phobic of, of firearms. And yet here we have the drgo.us. Please look that up, whether follow along while we're talking today or look them up after you're listening to the show. They've got some amazing information on there and uh, as I was saying before the break, it's going to be brand new thought process for a lot of people, but there's going to be others out there that are like, oh, thank goodness that there's somebody that's already moving in this direction. Or maybe they're a physician that feels like, you know, I'm the only person that ever even had this thought. And now they know there's a whole network of guys like you, Dr. John Adine. Thank you for sticking around and, and hanging in there. And uh, when we broke for a commercial, I'd said I wanted to talk about this thing called Docs versus Glocks. It's the, I'm going to butcher this name, Wolschlager. How'd I do? Wolschlager decision from the 11th Circuit. How'd I do? <laughs> yeah, I think you did great. Okay. I hear yeah. you and, laughing. And this, is, yeah, this, this involves something called the Firearms Owners Privacy Act from the state of Florida. And what the, the act was designed to do was to forbid physicians from pressing patients to give up their firearms or otherwise propagandize using doctor-patient relationship. Because doctors are kind of authority figures, um, and, and you know they're, they're supposed to be giving sound health advice. You know, this kind of stuff is not permissible because they're actually using their position as a physician to propagandize people to give up their constitutional Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. So this is a misuse and an ethical boundary violation is what we call it. Uh, ethical boundary violation basically is using the physician-patient relationship for something that's other than for health care, and it involves you know, either political or For instance, another ethical boundary violation is sexual relations with your patients. Okay, that's an ethical boundary violation as well. Mm. 
So th- this is serious business. This is serious stuff. And so um, there are also cases where when patients refuse to answer uh, the questions that are being pushed by these, doc- these doctor groups, and we'll talk about that in a second, they were even denying care to some of the patients. And so this ruling uh, actually went against uh, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, Second Amendment Foundation, and Citizens Committee to, for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. We're the ones, we, we did an uh, amicus brief, but it also went, went against you know, the state of Florida, because this is a Florida law. Um, the, the, the doctors that brought this suit were backed by, you know, American Academy of Pediatrics, AMA, mm. a lot of these um, organizations that have had over the last 20 to 30 years an anti-Second Amendment agenda. And huge and so deep been, pockets, by the way. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they got money. And, and so they, they've been pushing a lot of stuff in the literature that uh, is not only bad science, but you know, it, 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 uh, it encourages people to give up firearms or to store them and you know, the ammunition and the firearms separately locked up. Now, that's all great for preventing you know, accidental shootings, but it doesn't do you any good when somebody kicks your door in at two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you have no access to your to your life saving equipment, which is you and I both know what firearms really are. Mm-hmm. They're your life. They're they're used in the event of the extreme you know, event where your life is threatened. John, I have uh, the privilege of living in Arizona, and the doctor that I have, if I'm sick and he won't see me, I say, "Hey, I got this new gun. I want you to check out." He says, "Yeah, I'll see you at ten." He'll, he'll yep. set me up. You know, I mean, he's a very friendly doctor and uh, very gun-friendly, and it's it's quite a change. So I guess you could shop for your doctor, too, and put one of those questions to him and say, how do you feel about firearms? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, absolutely. You know, and, and that is certainly well within your your uh, purview. You can tell, you know, the, you know, you can tell the doctor, you know, I'm, I'm not answering that question or, or you know, just lie to him for, for Pete's sakes. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, if they're asking questions that they have no business asking, I think it's not un, uh, unreasonable to lie to them. Um, but the bottom line is there are some people who cannot change doctors. They don't have that freedom. They're, they're stuck in mm-hmm. HMOs or right. they have government, government insurance and they're told this is who you have to go see. And a lot of people don't have the knowledge that they can refuse to answer questions that, you know, they're, they're told, you know, doctors are authority figures and you have to do what your doctor tells you and blah, 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 blah. And so this is why this doctor-physician relationship abuse is such an egregious uh, ethical uh, violation. You know, so what that's if, why this law came into, into effect, because right. they were doing this stuff. So what business, unless it's a psychiatrist and I'm showing suicidal tendencies, what business is any doctor to know how many firearms or if I have any guns at all in my house? It isn't their, any of their business. That's the problem. What they're doing is they're pushing this uh, political agenda and using the physician's office to do it. And so this, this is why we are so against it. Um, and this is why the, the, you know, the FOPA came into existence because of this very thing. And, and we it, know this in an organized thing. And plus, electronic medical records, if it's recorded in your electronic medical record, the government may very well have access to that. Right. Think about that. So how successful have you been with this? Well, right now, you know, this thing's running through the courts in, um, in Florida. Um, the, ninth, or the 11th Circuit ruled on it. So, so I mean, the only step up now is the, is the uh, Supreme Court. So, so this, the, this the goes 11th, into effect for the 11th. 11th, 11th Circuit. Yep. 11th Circuit said what? Said that it's... Un- that, that basically everything in FOPA except for the you can't not see a patient or take care of a patient because of their answer uh, has been struck down. Hmm. And so, yes. So, I mean, it was so, somewhat of a win, but it's still a loss. Mm-hmm. And it needs to go up to the, to, to the Supreme Court at some point in time to get this in clarified. And, there, the, and similar laws are actually being... Uh, promulgated in other states. There's actually one in Texas this year that uh, is a similar law. So we'll see what happens there. So there may end up being several court cases in different uh, jurisdictions and different, you know, circuits that that are conflicting. 
mm-hmm. in which case that's when you when things will go to the Supreme Court. Um, wow. So we'll see how that uh, that bears out. But right now, uh, Florida doctors can can basically abuse abuse their patients. So you know, and they're using the the physician 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 patient relationship to their own political ends. So John, if if the powers to be the people that are above you that regulate you being a physician, if if they told you that you had to start asking people that question, what would you do? I tell them no, that I'm not doing it. You can't make me do it. Okay. Um, okay. I said, uh, and, and certainly there are lots of doctors out there that will tell would do the same thing. Right. Or if it's and, on the know, pre-printed form, I suppose you could make a comment that that they don't have to I would answer. Just scratch it. I would scratch it off. <laughs> I would just. I'd delete it. That's awesome. If, I, if it was in my office. Mm-hmm. And now I would th- I would just delete it from the form. I would either black it out or, but I I, I just don't because I, I think it's unethical. I really do. I think this is a unethical uh, practice, and that it's really it's criminal. And I the agree. problem is is that doctors don't have any training in firearm safety. And that's the thing is we're always taking somebody that we admire for something they're amazing at. Okay, doctors. Let's say athletes. Let's say the Hollywood people. So they're, we admire them for something they're good at, and then anything that they utter, somehow we feel like they're also an expert at that thing. And we really have to engage our brains more and, and really think about it. Well, just because this guy's a skilled, you know, brain surgeon or whatever, does that mean that he has any idea about firearms or training or the use of them or even the statistics that show us that gun-free zones are where bad guys hit you know, so I, I really appreciate you bringing up that point. Are you still with us? In fact, oh. yeah, I'm still here. In fact, uh, David Codria wrote a very nice article a week ago Thursday in Ammo Land about this case. And he has something called the Firearm Safety Counseling Representation Physician Qualification and Liability Form. It's worth taking a look at and reading this article okay. because it really puts the, puts the screws to the doctor. It basically... Ask them to uh, to attest that they have reviewed applicable scientific literature pertaining to de- defensive gun use and beneficial results of private firearms ownership. And if they can't, then it asks them to admit that they are knowingly engaging in home firearm safety counseling without certification, license, or formal training in risk management, and that they have not reviewed applicable scientific literature pertaining to defensive gun use and beneficial results of private firearms ownership. Well, and then it also hits the liability issue after that about their, their uh, malpractice insurance. So, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant piece of work, and I suggest everybody take a look at it. I definitely will look that up and get it posted on the uh, at least my Gun Freedom Radio Facebook page and my personal page. That sounds awesome. Well, we have to wrap up, but quickly before we go, give people a sense of what drgo.us is, what they'll find there, how people can reach out to you if they have more questions about this. Okay, so Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership isn't just doctors. And what we are is an advocacy and watchdog group confronting the anti-gun bias in medicine. We also have a group of people who actually review, analyze, and critique anti-gun publications. So we're trying to expand our role. We have also uh, been involved with, you know, the amicus briefs. Dr. Um, Wheeler testified in front of Congress to defund the CDC back in in the 1990s. So we have a bunch of really good people, uh, and if uh, people want to join us, they can go to drgo.us. On our website, we've got a, a blog post twice a week. We have good resource articles. We, there's an article about what, what to say when your doctor asks you if you uh, own a gun. So there's all kinds of good resource material. Um, as a membership director, I'm trying to get people to join. We, you know, we certainly would appreciate having more members. Uh, that gives us a little bit more clout. And also we have more people that we can put together more articles. We'd be able to increase the output. Uh, we've got the, a really, really good organization of, of physicians and like-minded healthcare professionals. Fantastic. Um, so I suggest that we look at that. Well, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you so much for all that the DRGO does, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation. It's, a real, it's an incredible uh, coalition of talented and passionate people that, that love our constitutional rights and are doing everything they can to protect them. John, I hope to get to see you soon. Absolutely. Well, we have... I'll, I'll be at NRA. Oh, we will oh. too. Fantastic. See you there. And uh, right. 
this uh, we will definitely be reaching out and have you back on again. Dr. John Adine of Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I hope you stick around because we have Christy Titus coming up. Now, Christy wears many hats like so many of us do. She's a host of NRA Women TV Tips and Tactics. And she's also launching a new digital television series called Pursue the Wild. Stick around and meet Christy Titus. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at PottyGoldEstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are glad you are here with us today, and if you have missed any part of today's show, please be sure to check out our website and find the recording. It's gunfreedomradio.com, and you click the on-demand tab. You won't just find today's show. Today is number 79, episode 79. (laughs) And that's something to celebrate. It is. And uh, so all of the other shows that we have uh, done, aired, recorded, are waiting there for you for a good long weekend of binge listening. And when you want to put a face with a voice, then click on our guest tab and you'll see Uh, a guest page for every person that's been with us on the air. There's a a photograph. There's links to their their web pages, their Facebook pages, any articles they've written or been a part of. And uh, it's a really great resource. So please be sure and check that out. Okay, now we have someone awesome waiting in the wings. Our next guest is Christy Titus. She serves as the host of NRA Women TV Tips and Tactics and is host of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Team Elk television show. She is also launching a new digital television series called Pursue the Wild. So I had a chance to meet Christy at the NRA Women's uh, Summit, uh, Leadership Summit last year. And um, I'm telling you, she is just, she's just, she's a tiny person, right? She's this beautiful young lady, and yet she spends all of her time in the outdoors. And uh, I don't know, I don't know how she does it. She must have this magic makeup kit that that just travels in freezing cold weather and everything else. Are you with us, Miss Christie? 
I sure am. Well, welcome. <laughs> you're, you're making me laugh. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on. <laughs> Christy, after the pictures, I mean, after what she just described you, I'm going to need to see a picture. I mean, come <laughs> on. Well you, well, you can follow me on Instagram. There There's you lots go. Of photos there. there you go. That's the perfect answer. And seriously, I mean, I I am indoors all the time, and I can't look half as fresh and, you know, put together as you do when you're out traipsing around in the snow and fishing. And so, my goodness. But you're so naturally beautiful anyway, so that's, that's half the battle that. right there. So talk to us. Um, this new uh, series that you have launching, when do people get a chance to see the first episode, Pursue the Wild? So that is my new digital series that'll be debuting. I'm shooting for July 1st of this year. Um, and that is going to be a series of, of big game hunts, a lots of tips and tactics, strategies, kind of a lifestyle piece, a lot of shooting sports um, episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, hunting, shooting sports, fishing, waterfowl hunting. It, it's going to be an epic adventure for sure. I absolutely love it. And I think because I do follow you on Instagram that I maybe have seen a few behind the scenes peaks as you're yeah. filming these things ahead of time, right? Absolutely. So the the, the series is going to uh, be homed on elknetwork.com, which is the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's new digital network. And uh, yeah, I've been doing some behind the scenes photos and there's so much more to come. Um, I'm very, very excited to share it with all of you. Well, and if that's not enough, you also are hosting uh, the NRA Women's Tips and Tactics on NRA, NRA Woman TV, and season two is about to, to come up, right? Or is it happening right now? Yeah, any day it should be launching. So this is my second year filming with the National Rifle Association for NRA Women TV. As an instructor, I'm a, I refuse to be a victim instructor, range safety officer, and pistol instructor. And this is my second year doing tips and tactics with NRA Women TV. And this year, I talk a lot about hunting, um, building the proper shooting position on a hunt, physical and mental components of a hunt, how to prepare both your mind and body to work in tandem under the physical rigors that you might experience during a hunt to break off a clean, ethical shot. Um, talking about equipment and making sure, you know, your barrel is free-floated, um, making that follow-up shot if you need to. Lots of great information will be on season two. And if you guys haven't seen season one, I encourage you all to check out um, last year's series of tips and tactics. Those are, you can watch right now on NRA.TV um, and their um nratv.com excuse me and if you if you click the people link and you can scroll down and find my name which is christy titus and then you can watch all of the series and episodes that i filmed with them including the i am forever documentary so cool and you also have a new line of product coming out tell us about that yeah well i have a couple exciting things i have a new elk call series coming to market this year because really i started as an avid elk hunter, kind of a DIY public land hardcore hunter. And I tried to share that message with the nation, if you will, starting I mean, 16, 15, 16 years ago, and um, really has been the launching pad for me to figure out a way to get more women involved because I fell so in love with elk hunting. I wanted other women to experience the outdoors in the same capacity. And, and, um, so this year, I've got a new elk bugle tube, a diaphragm cow call, and external reed cow calls that are coming out, um, and either gender can use them. They're incredible elk calls, and they're made by Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls, and those should be available by May 15th. Wow. That's so awesome. See, I have never been hunting at all, ever. I mean, I've been out with my dad and my brothers, but I was, you know, the camp cook. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. you know, out there traipsing through the woods and tracking game. And so I love that, you know, you flash forward these many years and now we have an example like you of somebody who is so feminine and yet yeah. has this passion uh, for being in the outdoors and and for hunting. And so it's not... It's so easy to just say, oh, well, that's for the boys in the family. That's for the guys. Um, but then you also don't make it, you know, like you said, with the elk calls, you know, that's for, for guys or, or ladies. So it's okay. like, you know, you're just bringing it all together. And I, I think that's an incredible thing because the future of our hunting is the future of our conservation. And it's, I don't think we can help people understand fully how important that is. 
Well, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is doing a pretty good job, and, and so is NRA's Hunter, Hunter Leadership Forum. Both areas or both websites you can go to and find information about how hunters are truly the greatest conservationists in the world. The license and tag sales in each state attributes to 75% of state on-the-ground conservation funds. So we are funding the lion's share of conservation as a whole through our self-imposed tax system, um, paying for tax fees. And then you talk about Pittman-Robertson Act, which we're creating billions of dollars in revenue annually that goes back into the ground, on the ground for conservation. So we really are the true crusaders of conservation and we're leading that movement and something that we're all, I think, really proud of. But it, it also goes back to cherishing our time-honored traditions and supporting our Second Amendment rights, which is obviously now that we have a President Donald Trump, uh, we have a lot easier sleep at night knowing that our Second Amendment is protected, but it is something that we must remain vigilant and tell the story of safe firearms ownership, the benefit of owning firearms to the world as a whole, because in four more years, we may be faced with another challenge. That is so true. And I, I think that there's the upside of of having a pro-gun, quote-unquote, pro-gun president is all those things you said. The downside is I'm afraid people are going to get lazy and they're going to get, you know, they're going to, I can take a nap now because it's taken care of and you never can. You have to be diligent all the time. We're about to run out of time, but uh, another line that you have coming out uh, and again, going back to how you can be in the outdoors and be a hunter and yet be so feminine is a, a beautiful line of jewelry that you have. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my Christy Titus collection of jewelry is inspired by wild places, and it's all sterling, solid sterling silver and made out of natural stones and Swarovski crystals. That is available exclusively in Cabela's currently, and we're doubling the collection. And I'm doing some pieces this year that will benefit veterans as well, um, veteran programs like Wounded Warrior Outdoors and Wishes for Warriors. So lots of good stuff coming. So right now, if you're interested in, in getting a woman in your life, something that will inspire her, um, and she loves the outdoors, go ahead and Cabela's.com and search the Christy Titus collection, or you can go to my website as well at ChristyTitus.com. I love it. I appreciate that. And just very briefly before we go, when we're talking about hunting being conservation and hunters really caring about, you know, the wildlife, the people that feel like all, all that hunters are doing is killing Bambies, you have a video on your website called Hunting the Hunters or the, the Why I yes. Hunt the Hunters. And you're... Tell, tell us what that is and why that's important. That's a video I did um, in January of this year where I talk about, you know, there's a lot of people that don't embrace hunting predators, specifically mountain lions and wolves, and they have a very emotional-based narrative that's attached to those animals, and they want to just let predator and prey live out in the wild and seek their own fate and not have interruption by man. But in the video, I point out, um, in northern or in southern BC, where I'd been hunting, the vast road system that logging and infrastructure has brought in has literally created a super highway for predators to travel um, effortlessly in their pursuit of prey animals. And they are absolutely these wolves in a lot of western states in Canada as well. Wolves are decimating ungulate populations, and mm-hmm. we have to have a man interference or human interference following sound wildlife conservation principles that are founded in the North American wildlife conservation model. But man needs to be a part of conserving um, and managing all prey and predator species, which include, you know, high emotional based predators like wolves. And so I talk about in that video, how important it is that, that man continues to hunt wolves and make sure that their populations remain in check and don't get absolutely. out of control. Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for being with us today. I thank hope you. everybody will check out Ms. Christy Titus's all of your different uh, video series and also your website, christytitus.com. Thank you again so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, stick around. We still have our number two of Gun Freedom Radio. Coming up right after this, we have... An Olympic medalist. Holy cow, she's sitting right here next to us. Don't shake your head now. <laughs> sitting right here next to us, we have Taylor McNeil. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. 
Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. 